Good afternoon. Glad everyone's here. We're going to look um, and hear from Brother Ray a little bit in terms of the, the missional outreach of Pacific Hope Church. I'd like to uh, read just a couple of verses, the verses I shared this morning also um, in the Malachi study, but from Philippians. So I'd invite you to go with, uh, with me to Philippians chapter 4. And as we, we look at this, just a couple of verses, um, consider how we might apply this as a body of believers. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except only you. Even in Thessalonica, you sent, me help, you sent help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. We see Paul in that, recognizing the efforts of one church to sustain his missional effort to go and share with another. During Paul's time in Thessalonica, he didn't receive anything from those brothers, and he says that he was able to preach the gospel to them free of charge. And uh, I know that we're prayerfully going to hear from Brother Ray this morning. He'll have the opportunity to go and be an extension of this church and show generosity um, to those there on, on behalf of the Church of Jesus Christ that is in San Diego, California. So let's pray, and uh, we'll turn it over to Brother Ray. Father God, we thank you that we are a redeemed church, a church bought by your blood, and we thank you that as a response of gratitude, we have the opportunity um, to give in support of missions. We have the opportunity and the obligation, Lord God, to fulfill the great commission of, of sending and going and preaching and baptizing and making disciples in all nations, Lord God. And we just pray that this the work that has begun at this church would continue and would be um, magnified even more, Lord God, so that others would be equipped, others would be sent, and that many would come to a saving knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ, through the teaching of your word. God, we pray that you would anoint Ray this morning, that you would also uh, be with Peggy. She's not able to be with us. I pray that you would just um, envelop them as a, as a couple in your loving arms, and that you would allow them to serve each other and to continue to serve your church in ways that bring you honor and glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Some of you probably recognize that uh, the verses um, that Matthew chose uh, in, in the morning, morning and evening, Spurgeon, he commented on, on uh, I, we kn I know how to abound in this morning's reading. So there you go. Isn't that interesting? And, uh, and I thought... Um, we were thinking earlier during our prayer time this morning before Sunday school, how for us as Americans who, who are so wealthy, comparatively, we abound. And how hard it is, and that's Spurgeon's point, was oftentimes it's harder when you have abundance um, to know how to do that well for the glory of God. 
than it is sometimes when we're very much aware of our need of God's blessing. So anyway, that's, that's just a little bonus thing. This is not, I don't even have that in my notes. There. <clears throat> that just came out. <laughs> so I want to thank you all for, for being here. Obviously, it's a, <clears throat> it's a great sacrifice to, uh, to, to come in for these, these meetings occasionally. What I want to do is uh, um, kind of just give a little bit of an update on ELI in general and, and tell a little bit more about ELI and talk for a couple minutes about my own involvement um, going forward at this point and then we'll be dismissed. I'll try to keep it brief. Um, Shortly. But I also was really appreciated, of course, our song of the month, you know, let the nations be glad. And that's a great line for missions, isn't it? Um, the idea of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ going to the nations, which gives the nations cause for rejoicing. And so Piper's book, Let the Nations Be Glad, is about missions. And I always think about that. And so I just, you know, I... In, in, in pondering that for a couple of minutes, I, I, it occurred to me that in the world, there's so much horrible news. And even, well, especially in our country right now, these, these are not happy times to me anyway, for me, in our country. We're really messed up. And some of us are old enough to have seen drastic change uh, occur in our nation and not for the better. Wealthier perhaps in some ways, but, but not good. Culturally, we're a mess. And really, it doesn't appear that it's going to get any better without um, the Spirit of God injecting uh, a revival into our country. These are, these are not optimistic times. And yet, in the midst of all the crud that we see going around us, then we have days like this. Actually, one day a week we have like this where we gather together as a church, as, as a, a local body, and we get together with people of, of like mind and knitted hearts to worship the Lord Jesus together. And it's like all that stuff that's going on in the world disappears for a while. It's gone. Because here we are with the people of God and our hearts are filled. Right? Uh, I love the Lord's day. And, and, and when we get, to get together. And this does, this kind of helps us get into this next week and, and, uh, and, you know, we shake our heads at the craziness in the world. But we know this is reality. This, this is what matters. And we have, of course, uh, to be in the presence of the Lord to look forward to. Also, in the nations, we hear a lot of stuff going on in the nations, too. And there's, there's a lot of trial tribulation, hard times, a lot of poverty, a lot of oppression, a lot of uh, persecution in the world. And even, you know, and my focus is primarily in Africa, a lot of horrible, horrible theology, 
in the name of Christianity, but terrible stuff we hear about, especially with the prosperity gospel and, and some of that stuff, which is all true. It's all going on out there. But I want to encourage you that, that by the grace of God, Jesus Christ is building his kingdom all over the world. And he's bringing his people into the kingdom. And those, the, they are blessing their nations. And the nations are glad whether they realize it or not. And so when I'm with ELI and the work I get to do with ELI, I get to spend some time with brothers and sisters in different parts of Africa. They're, they're part of us. They're one of us. They, their hearts are knit with ours as well. And, and, and uh, by God's grace, the, the team members of ELI um, are teaching them sound theology and, and good doctrine. And we're, of course, learning from them as well. And there are other organizations around uh, that are doing the same kinds of things. We, you know, we think of Steve Van Horn and, and the good work that he does in training pastors and so forth. So the nations are being glad, and gladdened, and, and God is at work, and so we can be encouraged by that, okay? Here and there as well. But as far as ELI is concerned, um, just a few things to, to remind you about the work that we do, which I, I'm really privileged to be a part of it. Uh, it just suits me just, just very well. Um, because of kind of a unique perspective that ELI uh, has, and I want to just give you a, a, some, of the, some of the official statements. For instance, the mission statement for ELI is to glorify God by developing strategic Christian leaders inside and outside the local church to lead biblical transformation in their communities and to replicate this leadership. Now, let me kind of define that a little bit because, you know, the terms inside and outside the local church uh, can be um, uh, a problem for some if, if you don't really fully understand what we mean by that. Um, we're not pretending that it's to the exclusion of the local church in any way. Obviously, the church is the body of believers, and that's the family of God, and it is through the church that God is blessing. But, but we also are citizens in communities, and we're engaged in interacting with the world, you and I, and so are our, our brothers and sisters around the world. They're engaged with their culture seven days a week. And having to, having to live as salt and light in the earth all the time. And so there's, there's more to, as Pastor John even alluded to today, there's more to the practical application of our theology in life, more to it than just sitting in church and being instructed in theology and in the Bible. There's a practical outreach that we have to be able to live. And, you know, we have, have the understanding as good Protestants, historical Protestants, that this grows out of a biblical worldview that impacts every aspect of our lives. That we see everything as God, the Lord Jesus Christ being king over all of creation and over all aspects of human endeavor, right? And so 
So we need to know how to be Christians in every sphere of life. And that's one of the exciting things about what we get to do with ELI is we're seeking to impact and train leaders in all the different endeavors of their culture with sound theology, pointing them, you know, encouraging, and, and most of the guys with ELI are training pastors. That's what they do, primarily. But then there are some of us who have a little bit different um, sphere of ministry, and mine happens to be education. And so I spend a good deal of my time with ELI and training teachers and helping teachers uh, in Christian schools train their, their young people, raising up the next generation of, of Christians lead, and Christian leaders. But we also um, uh, uh, impact business, Christian philosophy of business. Oh, that the United States would return to a Christian philosophy of business, business practices and industry. Uh, that, would, that would require a revival, okay? Because we are, well, I'm not going, you know what we are. I don't need to go off down that tangent, but it's not, a, it's, it's not, it doesn't honor God in, in, in the business practices in our nation. But we're seeking to help business leaders, like for instance in Uganda, in Mbali, in particular, where Victoria and Matthew went with me a couple years ago now. Wow. Um, uh, they, they have a Christian chamber of commerce there among some business people that ELI has helped them establish and have been training them in principles of, of Christian uh, um, entrepreneurship. And it's, it's been really impressive to see how this has transformed the way uh, a lot of people in Mbali, in Uganda, are running their businesses. And they're finding that they're having a, a solid Christian impact in their community that way. And so, and so when we say inside and outside the church, that's what we mean by that, is leadership in all these different spheres of life. So maybe we're Kyperians and, and, uh, and, and laying claim to all the, the spheres for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> core values for ELI. ELI holds the following core values, which will guide it in all its governance Staffing programs and objectives and service standards for self-evaluation. Developing world focus. ELI is committed to serving Christian leaders who have had little formal training, resources, or prospect of attaining either. Therefore, we focus our ministry in developing world nations, typically in the global south. Okay, so that's, we're seeking a world, we have a world-focused perspective. Fostering relational respect. ELI recognizes that God has been building his church long before our arrival in a particular country. We serve those whom God has called and engaged them for wisdom and strategy for bringing gospel transformation. And then leveraging influence. 
ELI intentionally trains men and women with the capacity and call to train others. This leveraged approach results in exponential influence as nationals train nationals in some of the most remote places on earth. And that, of course, is a philosophical perspective. It's intentional. ELI is, is, is training leaders who will then become the leaders within their own cultures. Now, a side note, just to share this interesting thing. Uh, as you know, I spent the three years in Zambia helping get, helping get uh, African Christian universities started up and running. And, uh, you know, um, one, of the, one of the really neat things that has happened is from the very beginning, our goal was that that would be an indigenous university, Christian university in Zambia. Um, our intent was never to make it a, an American university in Africa. Well, from, from the latest I understand, um, there's only, I think there are only two Americans still there on the faculty of, of ACU. Okay, the rest, they're all Zambians who, who, have, who have stepped up and have, have taken over and some have been molded and trained to take in those, those positions. But it's happening there, that, that uh, vision. So I'm excited about that. Now I can't, I don't know necessarily all the details of it because I haven't been involved in what's going there. I just happen to know some of the men and the women who are involved in it. And, you know, my dear friend Wilson Tembo um, is there, and I know he's doing a great job because he's a man of God and, uh, and a dear brother. And so that's encouraging. And that's what we're hoping for is... is uh, we just, we don't have this disposition. ELI doesn't have this disposition of, you know, we Americans, we have all the answers and therefore we're going to come down here and, and take care of you. But rather it's, no, 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 this is your country, this is your community, this is your culture. We are here to help you learn how to be leaders within your culture. But, but this is your culture. These are your people. We're just going to help you as brothers in the kingdom. We're coming alongside. To me, that's exciting. And it just, it fits very nicely in a world vision that I, that I have adopted. Okay, so that's kind of our, our, uh, our, our process. Now, um, let me just uh, give you a, a few interesting statistics. Right now, uh, ELI has 30 instructors and project directors, okay? If you go to the website, you, you can see pictures of all of them. Um, when I, st I started with ELI when it first started in 2009, I was one of the original staff members, and uh, we had five at that time. So now there are 30, and most of the 30 are full-time with ELI. That means they raise their support, and this is all they do. And most of them, not all of them though, but most of them are pastors who, who have spent years in the pastorate, and, and now they, they are transitioning or have transitioned over to full-time with ELI. But it's exciting to me to see how God has raised up 
um, a number of, of quality uh, men and some women too who are doing this full time with ELI. Uh, these are the countries that we're actively, very actively engaged in right now. Of course, in Africa, which is our primary focus, we're in Liberia, Sierra Leone, Uganda, Nigeria, Kenya, Rwanda, Ghana, DR Congo, Zambia, Malawi, Guinea, and Cote d'Ivoire, or as I would prefer to say, Ivory Coast. Um, we're also in India. A lot's going on in India. Very exciting what God is doing in India. Pakistan, Nepal, China, Bolivia, Nicaragua, Haiti, and Cuba. We have people who are regularly in those countries. As you know, I, my focus has been exclusively in Africa with, with ELI and predominantly in Uganda, Ghana, and then a couple times to Liberia. Um, my focus, again, has been primarily in training educators, although I, in, especially in Ghana and Uganda, I've done a lot of training of pastors as well, but, uh, but, but mostly in, in education. We have uh, what we call indigenous partners, or what I call indigenous partners in a lot of these different countries. These are, these are um, uh, local uh, members of the culture. Tw there are 25 around, um, primarily in Africa and India, 25 of them um, now with ELI, who really represent ELI in their countries. And these are people who do a lot of the on-the-ground legwork for us so that we can be more effective when we're there. We don't have to do a lot of the preparation and so forth. They're taking care of all that for us and they're doing it regularly, on, kind of on a full-time basis or at least on a very, very uh, predominant part-time basis. 25. And that's, that's great. That's exciting. For me, um, uh, in Uganda, of course, our dear, our dear friend Barasa Filiman, uh, in Mbali is, is very, very busy with ELI and uh, another good brother in uh, Uganda is uh, um, George Bebagumbi, who is on the other side of the country. My dear friend Sam Opong is our guy in Ghana, uh, Titus Davis in Liberia. So we have a lot of these locals who are ELI people now and they're just working really hard. And when that happens, when they kind of take on, they, they identify with ELI, then you see exponentially the effectiveness of our ministry begin to blossom. And that's what we've seen in some of these countries where we have on the ground people who, who are ELI people. And so, um, uh, especially in education, in Liberia and in Uganda, we've have seen some real wonderful results of our ministry. Um, so so uh, most recently th this past year, in August and September, I was in Uganda and Ghana. If you'll recall, there in Mbali, I met with educators and did some strategic planning 
in, in the Green Pasture Ministries and, and had a good time doing that with them. Um, and then in Ghana, I uh, was there teaching in the seminary uh, in Kumasi and Sunyani. And, and I got to teach, of course, on the book of Ephesians. And uh, those of you who have been teachers, I know John experiences this, Matthew's experiencing this now. When we, when we study to teach this material, we're the best recipients of the whole thing. It's, it's such a blessing to us to teach because we learn so much. It's so great to do this. And so teaching Ephesians was fabulous for me. <laughs> I had a wonderful time with that. And, uh, and we had a really good time there in Ghana. Then in Nigeria, Nigeria, there's no country called Nigeria <laughs> that I know of. I meant to say Liberia uh, in this past November. We were there in two cities. I went with uh, um, a dear brother, uh, a retired Christian educator, uh, Del Groen, and we had a great time in Liberia in two cities of Ganta, and in Monrovia, which is the capital. Now, some of you know that that trip for me was, that was kind of a hard trip for me. Actually, physically, I did not have a very pleasant time in this particular trip. Our, our accommodations were pretty Spartan. Um, kind of reminded me of back in some of the old days when we were kind of scratching our way along. And uh, this was hard, and I was sick most of the time I was there. So... My stomach was not being nice, and I, you know, the, the raging headache that you get sometimes, and, and I, felt, I felt lousy. But the meetings were fantastic, and God, God just blessed so much. Now, how he does this, I don't know, but I could walk into these things thinking, I'm not, and I tell Del, Del, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get through this, so will you be ready? Oh, yeah, I'll be ready to, but you get up and start teaching, and the spirit comes and it's just great stuff. And then you sit down and go, oh, I survived that one. Oh, let's see if I can make the next one. Well, God just blessed our time so much. We had about 57 attenders in Ganta. Uh, we expected about 40 in Ganta. And, um, and, the, and the response was, was excellent. And I was quite surprised at how positive it was. I shouldn't have been. But I was. And then we went to Monrovia, expecting about 40. And we had over 80 attendees at our meetings there. And when I say the response was great, it, it was such things as, as um, I know this is going to change the way I teach. I'm, I'm going to become, you know, our topic was a, was a course that I'd written called Christian Education as Agent of Change. And so they took this very seriously. I'm going to be an agent of change in my students' lives. And others, like a couple of superintendents, were, we're going to teach this material to our whole district. And they're going to be teaching out of these biblical worldview things. Now, in academia, there are certain buzzwords that are out there that they like to adopt and they... they they put them into, you know, into their language of academia. Agent of change is one of those, okay? But as I told the teachers there, and as, as I, I remind you again, the Bible has that. Only in the Bible we call it discipleship. That's what it is. 
Okay, so we're teaching them about discipleship. And frankly, if a teacher is not engaged in discipleship, a teacher really isn't being a good teacher. Right? Probably t not much teaching is being done. We tend to think, being Westerners and materialists, that teaching is just about content. Okay? It isn't. Content, of course, is a part of it. But any teacher who's actually a teacher is impacting the lives in one way or another of his or her students. Okay? And the Bible tells us that the student will want to be like his teacher. Right? And that's discipleship. And that can be good or it can be bad. Of course, our appeal is that as Christian educators, we use biblical truth and, and, and biblical worldview in our discipleship or agent of change, if you will, um, as we seek to influence the lives, not just the minds of the children. Incidentally, it always happens. The best teachers will be influencing the lives. That's why, as parents, it's important that we make sure that we're not subjecting our children to influencers, agents of change, or disciples who will take them in a bad direction. And just, you know, we as parents, um, that's part of our responsibility in training our own children. So we taught, uh, we taught the agents of change um, curriculum in, uh, in Liberia, and the response was wonderful. It was such a blessing. Now also, Many of you know about the horrendous time I had trying to get home afterwards. And uh, now as I look back on it, I, I chuckle. I wasn't chuckling about it at the time, especially when I'm falling down the up escalator and landing on my face. It just wasn't funny at the moment. But now as I look back on it, it was kind of humorous. But um, I'm forgetting about it. The Lord is erasing it from my memory, and I'm thankful for that. The other day, Peggy was saying, oh, tell them all about this. So I was trying to remember, and I said, you know what? I don't even remember the whole series of events anymore. Thank you, Lord. Because um, <clears throat> it wasn't great. But the Lord blessed the trip anyway. So the next trip I take, though, I would, I would encourage you to, to be praying that, you know, I would physically survive as well as... <laughs> as well as the, the spiritual benefits. So what are, what's going on right now? Well, I'm working on a spring trip, um, but I'm not far enough along in that to really be able to say much more than that. I should be in Ghana right now. My team's in Ghana right now, but I just didn't have the finances to go there, probably because I went to Liberia in November instead this time. So they're there right now, and... Uh, and I know they're having a wonderful time. But, but I'm, I am planning at this point to go back to Uganda and Ghana in the summer. So we'll see what happens in the spring, but I am definitely looking forward to the summer. Okay, so that's kind of, kind of a quick, quick update. Um, are you, do you have any questions for me about ELI? Uh, anything that I may have said sometime which you're wondering about? Um, anything. I, I, I want you to know, I do appreciate your being here because this, this supports me and it encourages me. Yeah, brother. Do you guys use distance education at all? Nope. Because 
Right. No, we don't. Now, let me give you, this is probably, I'm speaking from my perspective, not from ELI's official perspective, because I'm not sure exactly what Chuck MacArthur, how Chuck MacArthur would, would explain this. Um, but I'm going to tell you how I would respond to this as an educator. I personally don't like distance education uh, from the standpoint of the quality of the nuances of the nature of the impact that the kinds of things we're trying to do would be effective. So there's lots of stuff online. There's tons of articles. There's that kind of stuff. And there are um, programs that they could be involved in. But for us as ELI, our view is we go and we're face-to-face, -face, okay, with the people, with, with the guys. Um, so the distance education doesn't fit into the parameters of our mission statement and our philosophy. I mean, it's out there, it's available, and I've pointed people to different places online where they can find things, but we don't, we don't, um, we don't use that at this point. Yes? How much does it actually cost to take a trip? It, typically, it costs us about $5,000 to, to, now that's going up because of the cost of travel, which continues to, to go up. But, but typically, when I go on these trips, I need to come up with about 5000 to do this. And, and what, that, what that includes is, is the travel. It includes accommodations while we're in country. And then there are supplies. Um, what we will do is we'll make curriculum, print curriculum that we pay for to hand out to all the attendees. Um, Sometimes there are other supplies that need to go along with that. A lot of that's just donated to us and we'll, for instance, the last time I went to, uh, to Ghana, I took books that people had donated and I gave them to the men in the, in the course. Um, it also includes some, depending on the venue, it might include transportation to help people get to the venue. Some of them, they have no way to get there because they live out in the bush somewhere and they don't own cars, so they have to hire or ride a bicycle. Most of them have to rent the bicycle in order to come. So we try to help them with that and, and typically we'll feed them um, maybe tea for in the morning, a little break, a little what they call tea. For us it's snacks, you know, crackers and what, and maybe a lunch or something like that. So it, it's flexible, but 5,000 is, is normally the, the ballpark for what it costs. And then again, too, it depends on how many show up. When we had over 80 show up, that cost us more because there were more people that we had to, to help give tea. <laughs> Other questions? <clears throat> well, if, of course, as you know, if you ever have questions about it, um, about what I do and, and uh, what ELI is involved with, certainly feel free to, to ask and I will try to give you a coherent answer as best I can. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this chance that we've had to, to just refresh our minds a little bit about this particular ministry with ELI. We thank you for 
the fact that you are uh, spreading, you're building your kingdom and spreading your kingdom throughout the earth, and, and ELI is just one of the venues that, that is being faithful to you and seeking to, to do this. But we know it's your work. You're the one who's doing it. You're building your church. You, you have your elect from the four corners of the earth, and you're bringing them all together. It's such a privilege to be able to participate in this. Lord, we do uh, delight to see you exalted and, and to meet with brothers and sisters around the world who love Jesus, just like we love Jesus. And, and, uh, and you know we learn from them many, many things. And so thank you for, for the privilege of doing this and for the opportunity to talk about it. And we pray that we would continue on doing this as long as you give us uh, the call and the ability. And always, Lord, always our desires is to see you receive all the glory. And so uh, now as we head home for this afternoon, and, and thank you for the encouragement of this day and the, uh, <clears throat> the equipping that you've given us to look forward to, to serving you throughout the course of this week out there where you send us. May you receive much glory and we'll praise you for it in Christ's name. Amen.